to try to get through this message this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Help me with the words, Holy Spirit. So if you, y'all don't know me, my name is Brooke. I am a righteous child of God, and we must never forget who we are in the kingdom because the enemy, the devil, tries to discourage us every day and makes us feel less than we are. But we are, we are righteous in him in god the one true god the lord almighty and i work as a nurse practitioner so the lord has opened my eyes to a lot of things and um i just want to first and foremost encourage everybody to focus um when you're going in and you're thinking about your health your physical health and your natural health if you you know obviously this is for christ believers if you're not a christ believer this isn't the podcast for you but, um, so you can change the channel, but, um, <clears throat> when you're going into your visits, okay, so I work as a family nurse practitioner. I, um, have been in the medical field for over 20 years and, um, I just see a lot of things. And so when we're going in for our visits, we definitely want to focus on first and foremost, where is our, 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 our soul position, right? As Christ believers, we are already saved. Once we believe and receive, our spirit is saved, but we're working out our salvation through our soul, um, through this side. And our goal as kingdom believers, as kingdom-driven people, is to be kingdom-minded. So when we go into our visits, our focus is first and foremost, what? why did God wake us up that day for the kingdom? And secondary comes our visits and our and our, our um physical ailments. Okay. So a lot of our physical ailments can come from our uh, spiritual wanderings. And I was taken into numbers 20 where the Moses had brought the people out of the desert and verse four, they're just, they're so upset. They've been brought into the desert. They've been delivered from the bondage of Egypt where things were comfortable for them, comfortable, but not, they had taskmasters, but you know, they just had their routine you know, everything was good. They were multiplying. Um, some points wasn't comfortable, right? When, <laughs> when Pharaoh at the time called for um, a murder of all the Hebrew boys, but they, you know, got over that and were able to keep going. <laughs> and so, you know, the Lord is like, no, these are my called out people. I'm going to set the standard. These are called out people. These are my people. So he delivers them and he brings them into the wilderness. And it's a lot of their rebellion and complaining. And even in their own leadership through Moses, do they stay stuck for a long, long time? And in twenty Numbers 20, verse 4 and 5, Why have you brought us to the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our animals should die here? And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? Is this not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates? Nor is there any water to drink. Now the following verses, this is the the infamous where Moses strikes the rock. But we need to know that because Moses struck the rock and didn't do what God had commanded him to do, Moses was told he would never make it into the promised land. 
And so I just think of some of the Old Testament prophets too. They always looked ahead for Jesus, but they were never as lucky, not as lucky, I would say as blessed as us to be on this side of Christ so that we had Jesus. They were always looking for Jesus and knowing that there was a Messiah to come, but uh, the Messiah came. So there is that hope, that looking forward. But Moses, he struck the rock to give them water. But the Lord said, you need to just speak to it. And because of Moses's disobedience, he never made it to the promised land. I'm not saying he went to hell. He never made it, like his physical journey in life didn't go where he planned. And you know what? Moses stayed content with that because you'll read, he just keeps going then. It didn't deter him that the Lord said, you know what? You're just gonna basically, you're gonna stay in this wilderness but you're going to keep carrying these people through me, through the power of me. Okay. But you're not going to make it into Canaan. And so that could have been a discouragement. And I think sometimes when we have, um, our health conditions, um, you know, that really can be a weapon of the enemy for us because we could get a diagnosis of, of cancer. That seems like a wilderness. We can get a diagnose. We could get a chronic disease, congested heart failure. Um, <clears throat> type one or type two diabetes. Um, we could, I mean, there's just so many things that, that we can feel like, Oh, now I'm just, I, Oh, I just can't get to the place where I envision, but you know what? God knew he's sovereign and he knew the whole time that this was going to be, and he wants you to, to still keep going and lead, be a leader, a light, a beacon in the wilderness as you go, as you go forward and so Moses just keeps moving the people and they're like okay you know so we we show up to church we get motivated we're like okay I'm gonna get through this yes you know like spiritually speaking um, working on my soul you know the God uh, God wants to, to captivate every thought we have unto Jesus Christ right so tearing down strongholds with that so they're like okay they they're, they're, they keep moving towards the promised land, but they're, they're coming up against these territories and they're like, okay, we just want to go through. We won't drink from your wells. We're not going to bother your animals or your people. We just want to go through. Let us go through. And um, these kings are like, no, that's not going to happen. And so I often see that too. Like we kind of bargain with God, like just just heal me from this Lord. And, and then, um, you know, I, I won't do this and I won't do that. Just, just take me through and heal me right now, Lord. And we get this opposition like, no, you know, cause God is sovereign even over the wicked Kings. And so there's more battles to fight, right? So these, the, the people that the Israelites, they fight these battles. They overcome them because they plead to the Lord. The Lord says, yes, you will be a victor because you look to me first. And you will be a victor. But then they come to another place. And they can't get there. And it's the same situation. Well, so now they're traveling through. Okay. And they get to another place. And they're like taken over by some of the Canaanites. This is in Numbers 21. And in verse 3 it said, The Lord listened to the voice of Israel and delivered them delivered up the Canaanites and they utterly destroyed them into their cities. So the name of that place was called Hormah. But in the previous verse, it says that Israel made a vow to the Lord and said, if you will indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy the cities. 
Okay. And so, um, <clears throat> God, we can call on the Lord and he will fight those battles, right? I mean, this is, I don't want to sound like Christianese, but this, this, there's truth in this. We have to just believe it and receive it because there is, um, <clears throat> A weariness of the soul when we're going through these battles and in verse 4 it says now they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom and the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way <clears throat> and this is where I see people the soul of the people are becoming very discouraged because of the battles that they are fighting um, obviously God's word is talking about deliverance and that wilderness place um and, and and there's freedom in that but yet these people didn't see their freedom they didn't see that god was feeding them every day that he made a miracle of water for them they just had their eyes focused on something else so their soul was really downcast and and i see this often in um the patient setting um in a lot of context um i i feel like even um, post-traumatic stress is a huge, um, huge thing that I think most people experience um, in life. Um, And it's only overcoming through the blood of the lamb that we can do that. We can't read enough self-help books and talk to enough secular counselors with coping mechanisms and distractions and stuff to get delivered from the pain and the woundedness and the hurt that came from trauma and it's defined in different ways for different people and so their soul became very discouraged because of all these travails that were going on and it says in verse 5 the people spoke against God and against Moses why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness so again they're saying the same thing. There's no food, no water. Our soul loathes the worthless bread. So <laughs> we wake up each day and to glory be to God. But yet we can flip in our carnal thinking and think, Lord, I still have this ailment. I still have this pain. Why do you even wake me up? You see the difference of, of the mindset and of the heart, heart posture. So the Lord was very angered with this because he's been providing for them the whole time. And because they don't have their expectations and are not seeing things in his, through his eyes. Now we have the Holy Spirit. So we really have a one up in a sense. Okay. So the Lord in verse six, he sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people and many of the people of Israel died. Okay, so who's been bit by a fiery serpent? Okay, this was an actual physical ailment. They he sent serpents among and they bit and died. Okay, so we can see that this grumbling can bring about things, you know. I'm not saying every everything is a fiery serpent, but when we grumble um, and I have to ask and repent on this on these days too. But when we grumble and complain and we don't praise him for everything he has given us and we're focusing on what we sense we lack, 
God, he just, that's just not kingdom living. That's not kingdom living. And so he sends fiery serpents. Okay. Fiery serpents for ungratefulness. That's how I see it. And, um, I can, I can see this in a sense of some people's health problems and many people's health problems. Um, it's a fiery serpent because of ungratefulness. And I'm talking about Christians who profess Christ. I can see in their heart posture that they are angry with God because of their circumstances. They are angry with him. It's not fair. They haven't come to terms with this. They're not seeking out what God has in that wilderness season. And so they're bit by this and they can die. That's a lot to take in. So the people came to Moses and they said, we've sinned. We have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he can take away these serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten when he looks at it shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Now, a lot of, um, scripture, you know, commentary will reference like this was like a Christ prototype, um, a a Christophany, if you will, but not, I don't think that that's the right word, um, where they were bit by this poison and what they had to do was look up because God, he put up on this pole, a fiery serpent of bronze And that was going to deliver them from this. And so we have to look at this in a spiritual sense. Number one, are we looking up to Jesus for our deliverance? And number two, what is the expectation of our deliverance and our healing? And number three, is, is grace not sufficient enough? So are we grace for eternity in Christ, is that not sufficient? So we have to complain about our, our, our physical bodies, which are dying anyways. They will die anyways, unless Christ comes back today, which he could. And so those elements right there, look up because that bronze serpent will kill those serpents, those little tiny serpents that are on the, on the ground. And we have to remember, let's take this back to the tabernacle. And I just had a wonderful time. The Holy Spirit reminded me of the tabernacle, <clears throat> of, of how bronze was used. And in Exodus 30, the bronze laver, also called the bronze basin and the laver of brass, was one of the furnishings required by God in the outer courts of the tabernacle and temple. It stood between the temple and the altar and it held water for washing. Come on, Jesus washes us in his blood so that we can go from the outer temple to the altar of God. And so it goes beyond our physical ailments. Is his grace not sufficient? I was listening um, to Derek Prince yesterday, Revelation 12, 11, going through a lot of tribulation. And it said that the saints at that time overcame the wicked one by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. 
come on. I am seeing people, the Lord is showing me and my heart is hurting because they love their physical lives. And this is professed Christians more than the testimony. The testimony of coming over that, quote, PTSD. The testimony of the blood of Christ who was raised up on that pole. Remember in Exodus when Moses was anointed to, to deliverance he had that rod and the Lord said, throw it down on the ground. And it turned into a serpent. And he said, pick it up by its tail. And he picked it up by its tail. And he said, this is going to be, you know, the mechanism here of deliverance. And remember when Moses was showing his power, the, 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 um, sorcerers, the magistrates, the, the, um, false, um, you know, the, the diviners, the diviners, whatever you call them, they, they had power too, coming from the devil. And they threw, they threw down rods and what happened? Moses's rod ate up, those snakes ate up the other one. So come on, we see this lifted up, this bronze and look at what bronze is, this bronze lava, this, this place of washing. It says that the bronze lava was made for this tabernacle, the move of the movable tent erected in the desert after the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt. Okay. The bronze laver was for Aaron and his son, the priests to wash their hands and feet before they entered the tabernacle. So they will not die. The priests also had to wash their hands and their feet before they approached the altar with a food offering. Okay. So this bronze laver, um, <laughs> it's this bowl that that it's a base of bronze where it's made of mirrors brought by the women who served at the entrance to the tent of the meeting the women of that day did not have glass mirrors as we do they used highly polished brass and other metals and i just love that this that mirrors to refers to a mirror of cast bronze the woman the serving women donated their mirrors to the tabernacle this is a reflection of what of who we are in Christ, we have to get washed, right? So this, there's just significance. And I, and I love this. I got this off of gotquestions.org. It's, it's a really awesome, um, simple explanation of, of things, um, especially when the Holy Spirit starts like, hey, what's that? What's that? What's that? Seek it out. Seek it out. And um, so I guess, you know, where I'm getting at with all this is, you know, as patients, we need to come in and number one, we need to give God the glory that we woke up that day. Number two, we need to give God the glory that you even got into the appointment. And number three, we need to remember his grace is sufficient for us and just trust and just know that our eternal life with Christ is far better than days here. And, you know, we kind of get fixated on, in the medical field, we get fixated on quantity, number of days more than quality of days. And recently I had an experience and um, there was a patient who had been put on what's a very common medication um, um, that people use to help with cholesterol. And um, this is a common medication that gets prescribed pretty much like candy. And um, this patient was suffering through a lot of things and long story short, um, there was adjustments made and, um, this, this is like night and day for her. And she had realized it was this medication that she was being poisoned with. 
but the medical community will tell you you have to have that to live you have to have that to live so they're focused on quantity because there's no spiritual soul with most of your providers right remember the caduceus is a double serpent so the devil's a counterfeit so this is this double serpent with angel wings remember lucifer was a fallen angel okay now he's satan with a double serpent serpent okay you can look up the history of the caduceus and find whatever you want to reference that but remember to me that's what i see it's a comp, comp the medical field first and foremost is it comp, it tries to copy and confiscate um counterfeit i think that's the better word <laughs> the miracles of christ the miracles of god um it's sad but that's what it is but anyways this this and i'm so um honored that God chose me to to do his work for his saints in this time um, because he always sends people uh, ahead so that you'll be taken care of um, however that looks in the spirit right so this particular person come back and she said you know, she's like, forget that. She goes, I'd rather have one day living like this than a then. And I'm paraphrasing. I don't think this was exact her exact words, but it was similar to this. I'd rather have one day living like this with quality, and I can see than have other days, many days of blindness. And so, this particular medication. And people need to seek out. This is why people need to really seek out and discern what they're taking because this particular medication had took her memory from her. And we had did consultations and testing and labs and scans and everything. Nothing come out. And then finally, Holy Spirit said this. And so... A great testimony she comes back and she says I heard the voice of the Lord and he told me to do this this and this and that's you know her own personal testimony but remember here and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to death this particular person her testimony and the word of the Lord is first and foremost than their lives to death. So we really need to position our heart to, to why we're even being raised each day and what, what the purpose is, the purpose-driven life, right? I don't even read that Rick Warren series. I don't even, I don't necessarily um, advocate for him or against him, but I will use the word, the purpose-driven life and it's kingdom living. Um, and it's for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And we've been born into this physical family but remember the blood of Christ covers us the blood of Christ right we hear that phrase blood is thicker than water and it drives me bonkers because the blood of Christ is thicker than the water of the womb that is what the phrase is it's not the blood of your biological family because Christ even says they will turn on you they will not receive from you they will backbite, they will snare, they will mock, and they will scoff. But his blood covers you. It's your eternal family. So praise God. We have to just be postured and just 
if you're taking medications, it's not that God says you can't take them. Seek out, even if you have to fast, however that looks for you. <clears throat> and I'll probably get into a podcast about diabetic fasting at some point. I'm not a scholar, but I often hear diabetics say, I can't fast. I'm a diabetic. <laughs> for many people, that's a lie from the pit of hell, but that's okay. Um, we uh, will cover that another time, but it's not true. We can seek that out. The Holy Spirit teaches us all things. But we definitely need to pray about what we're taking, where our faith is. If we're just kind of slapping that label like, well, God knows he's taking care of me. I'm a saint. And um, we just kind of like throw it off like, well, he knows he's going to take care of me. He wouldn't do that for me. Um, you know, he put that person in the path for me. That's for me. If, if it's going to make me live longer and da, 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 like we really need to kind of like, is the medication bad for you? No, not necessarily. Have you been praying about it and listening to see what the Holy Spirit is saying? Because I can see sometimes there's a sorcery in medication and, um, the medication I can see where it keeps people in bondage, but that is their own journey with Christ. And I had a I had to have the Lord um, help me through that because it hurt me to see that. But that is, God will give you, you know what I mean? Like if you just, he'll take his hand off you, you know, like if you just keep going in your own way and your own, your own will, he'll take his hand off you and you'll, you'll, some people have a false sense of security. So I'm not saying medication is bad. I think medication can be used for his saints, but there is a fine line of discernment of, 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 of it all because it's only God who makes medications work and I had a word the other day that was like when we get into the kingdom when we actually get the revelation of Jesus Christ face to face in person when we're done on this side I feel like God's gonna say it was never the medication it was never the medication and so that goes deep um, and that that is your faith because without faith it's impossible to please God so we have to understand where's our faith did we simply seal it off and say oh it's the medication um God said it was okay because he led me to that and um it's meant for us to stay alive you know is that is that and then you just kind of left it like there's no more faith in it anymore I think our I think our faith has to be renewed each day um and all the things we do, not even just medications. So God bless, take care, love you all next time.